Welcome to the Living Boldly Podcast. This is Anel, your host. Join me once a month as I interview a phenomenal woman from the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign, where she will be sharing her story of overcoming adversity and giving you tips on how to live your life boldly. Thank you for joining our July podcast. This month's feature on the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign is Jacqueline Martinez. Jacqueline is the host of Secure Podcasts. She is currently working as a case supervisor providing behavior therapy to children diagnosed with autism. She began her podcast a year ago with the intention of creating a safe space for people to heal, connect, and build community. Her mission is to create a community in power, magic, and love. She organizes events to bring the community together and allow networking to take place. These events are all conducive to spiritual, mental, and emotional healing through vocalizing experiences and sharing moments of growth together. Please welcome Jacqueline. month we have Jacqueline Martinez and Jacqueline as you heard has her own podcast as well as an amazing jewelry line which FYI just bought some cute earrings (laughs) so I should be expecting them Thursday Uh, but I'm super excited Jackie to have you on here Uh, I know you know the way this works um you know when I choose the girls and then they have to wait for their month to get you know, interviewed. I know sometimes, especially after like June, July, as it starts getting to the end of the year, you know, you, you girls wait a while. So, you know, thank you for your patience and thank you, you know, for still wanting to be a part of this and coming on here and sharing your story. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, I think that it's been actually exciting. So thank you. Thank you. Cause I had so much fun during the whole campaign is the first time I do something like that. And I met really incredible women. So thank you to you for being such a great connector because it's been fun. The waiting has not been bad. Well, well, that's good. That's good. So we are definitely going through a lot of changes this year (laughs) during this moment. You know, uh, life looks a lot different than it did last year, Um, you know, and I know We'll talk a little bit about that, but I don't want to, fo- you know, focus too much on that. Um, but with all that, obviously, we have to acknowledge what's what's going on in the world right now, right? I know um, with this, I am bold, I rise. It definitely is like a perfect time to talk about what does bold mean? What does rising mean, right? Uh, so we'll start off with what does bold mean to you? That's a perfect word for me um, because I have such a big personality and um, a very, very loud voice. And that in every in every meaning that you can take from that, I feel like it all fits with me. So being bold has always been an act of bravery and an act of defiance, uh, especially coming in a, in a family where it's all boys. It's all men in my family. I'm the only girl. So being bold, being loud was always an act of defiance among the the men. And and within my own life, I think it's been an act of bravery, of 
what else can I do? What else am I capable of? What else do I want to do? So gold is, it's so significant for me in every which way that you can see it, perspectively, professional, um, physical, personal, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into all of that, but everything I've had to choose to be bold, I've had to choose to be okay with being bold and the healing process that's come with that has been life-changing. So for me, it's, it's tied to everything. Everything that I represent is having to be bold. Yeah. That's amazing. When you talk about being bold, you talk about being defiant and most people look at that as a negative yeah however I know you know I know you personally and I know like the work that you do and sadly you know yes like especially like I was saying like during these times you know with the Black Lives Matter movement with all you know the vendors right now being assaulted there's just so much going on in the world on top of like the pandemic um being bold is is you know like I said attached to defiant but defiant is not always bad it's I not think being yeah I think being defiant is amazing because we are going against the norms going against what was taught to us and what I love so much about even though there's chaos and there's so much hurt going on what I love the most about what's going on in the world right now is especially our generation, like our generation isn't just sitting back and taking what our parents, what our grandparents, you know, were just told and did it. Like yeah. we're questioning it and we're saying, but why? And why does it have to be that way? And yes, like in a way it is negative and it is being defiant, but I love it. That is what being bold is. And that is exactly what you do, you know, with your platform, whether it's with your events whether it's with your podcast whether it's with your bold jewelry <laughs> um, I think you you are absolutely right when you say that is a perfect word to describe you is yeah. is bold so let's talk a little bit about your defiance and in your family um, how was that growing up in a Latino <laughs> girl, girl. You know what? I, I love this because I haven't talked about this. Um, but I, I, I so I'm, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant. I'm not a first generation here. I was born in Salvador, came here legally. Um, so I, I grew up with my parents in that mentality of like, you just got to grind. Um, my parents had a very um, tumultuous uh, relationship. They were very young parents. So I went through all of that with them. So when I was younger, I was actually very quiet. I was a very quiet child very um very like yes ma'am no ma'am whatever you say i'll do it uh very well behaved great grades great with everyone everyone loved me because i just didn't want anybody to be upset or make anyone feel uncomfortable so <clears throat> i think when i went to college that's that's really when i started questioning why i didn't feel happy why i didn't feel like I actually knew who Jacqueline was. I didn't know who I was. I, and then my self-exploration started with me really questioning and challenging that and understanding that it was never me, that quiet little girl wasn't me. That's just who I had to be to kind of survive within the environment that I was in. 
So when I was in college, I, that's when I started realizing, no, I do have a, a voice. And um, I remember it was always me and my, my cousins, and I was always fighting because I wanted to hang out with them. I wanted to play with them. Uh, my parents were very strict, so I, didn't, I wasn't able to go over people's houses or friends' houses. So I had to play with the kids on the block, and they were boys. Um, yeah. Always no. So, and I remember just feeling bad about that, but being like, okay, well, I'm still going to try to play. I'm still going to try to play. Um, mm. So all of this kind of um, snowballed. Um, along with not being able to speak up because, you know, my, my family had this, this belief, like this machismo in the family, right? Where my mom was constantly fighting because she wanted to be heard and she wanted to be seen, even though, you know, hey, I don't work, but I take care of the home. So I grew up hearing all of these fights and hearing my mom wanting to be more of um, appreciated and valued and listened to. And my dad, like, kind of just like shrugging it off, like it's not whatever, I make the money. So my brother, my brother's growing up that way and he's adopting that. And he's, you know, mirroring that back to me and, and our mom, my cousins are mirroring that back to me. So I grew up with that. And I didn't think, I really didn't think too much deeper into it until I got to college and I started learning and, and I started stepping into my power and I realized, Hey, this is okay. Like I can actually be this person. I can, I can, tell you how I feel. I can speak up girl to tell you that I was so embarrassed to even sit in the front row in classes. Like I Mm. would wait until everyone would go into class to sit in the back because I was not used to being seen. I was not used to being heard. And I felt uncomfortable feeling people behind me talk. It was the anxiety was ridiculous. And I started like working through that on my own and working through that and working through that until by the end of my senior, my freshman year, I was sitting in the front of classrooms. By the end yes. of my year, I was raising my hand in the front of classrooms. Because let me tell you that even though I sat in the front, I didn't raise my hand or participate. So sophomore <laughs> year, I started raising my hand. And, and I realized, hey, I'm, I'm smart too. Like I'm actually yeah. here because I'm smart. And I don't know why it's so, that was such a, crazy thing for me to understand or or come to to this you know realization but third year I started really stepping into my power I really started speaking up I started joining clubs I joined a pre-law organization I started doing um like uh, fundraisers and speaking about my ideas and people were picking up my ideas and running with them but I was nice I was still not leading I was still not not guiding I was just giving people my, my ideas and, and sharing. And then um, got kicked out of school because my grades weren't that great, came back home and I started falling into like a depression. And I was like, no, I did way too much work for this. Like, no, what can I do to get back to school? So I signed up to two community colleges, took the classes I needed to do, bam, bam, bam. That summer I got all of my credits back in order and then went back to Davis and finished off my last year. And that nice. year, girl, the last year I was in school, I was, I was a freaking lion. It was just like, I don't care anymore. This is what it is. Now I see what I'm capable of. And from there on out, it's just been a whole like self, like revelation for me about what is my voice? What is mm-hmm. it that I really believe? What do I really think? Um, I also grew up in, in the church. Well, not grow up, but like from the age of 10, until 18, I was in a Pentecostal 
church and then a Baptist church. So mm -hmm. there was so much going on inside of me. So when I went to college, all of this together, I think it, it was just a plan, right? God had a plan for me and all these things mm -hmm. needed to happen to me so that I can be shaped. And yeah. that's when boldness came out, girl. That's when the bold Jacqueline came up. Nice. She came out. And I think when I talk to people, I don't even refer to like my high school as being when I grew up or I refer to college being when I grew up. I refer to that as like my golden years because that's when I really got to know myself. So and still today, I, I struggle with, with um, still machismo in the family, right? Always mm -hmm. for Latinos, um, as Latinas, we're always going to deal with that, unfortunately, until we, we educate that generation, that general mm -hmm. way of thinking out. Once we can educate that out of the generations, then we can really start working on building upon this new way of thinking of, hey, there is equality. But until then, we're going to keep putting, uh, having to educate and put up with this mm -hmm. from the older generation. So I still have conversations with my dad about that. Like, hey, dude, you can't say things like that. He's like, what's the problem? Dad, come on, dude. Or with my brother, the same thing. I'm just like, dude, you can't talk to your girlfriend like that. Like, you can't say that to her. He's like, why? Well, equality. Why can't she just suck it up? I'm like, oh my god. Oh, oh wow. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like we learn, we have to unlearn so so many things. Um, and I love, I love, you know, the, the story that you share and you know, how much insight you have on it. And I didn't realize also how much we have in common. Um, you know, I didn't know that you grew up in the church from, from 10 to 18 Pentecostal because um, I have a very similar journey. I think that was why for so many years, I like stayed away from faith, from God. Um, but before we get into that topic, I want to talk about, you said, you know, during your golden years, which was your college years, uh, was when you learned who you were, you learned what you liked, what you didn't like, and you learned to use your voice. And you did mention that you did some things, uh, you know, to work on it. Uh, besides the, you know, graduate, you know, gradually moving from the back of the room to the front. What were some of the things that took you there? Like, how were you able to to work your way from the back of the room to the front of the room and get that confidence to start using your voice? I think it was a bunch of little things. Like I started going to like my first and second year, I didn't join any clubs at all. I used to study by myself. I didn't have a, like any, any, any kind of like support like that. I didn't have a group of friends, but I still felt really shy. So mm -hmm. besides going out we didn't do much of of like academic stuff together i think it was more like pushing myself out of my comfort zone so like going to the library to study instead of studying in my room at home um mm. going to a cafe to study and it was just so excruciating for me like i felt so awkward and and yeah. embarrassed like i can't even tell you the feeling, the level of embarrassment that I felt because I thought people are going to know that I'm here by myself. Like, oh mm -hmm. my God, everyone's looking, like my anxiety was ridiculous. Like if I, I think that if I would have had the tools to like measure my anxiety levels, they it would have been skyrocket, like oh, sky. <laughs> through the roof. Like, but I, I did that and um, I started 
like pushing myself out to like say hi to people on campus too. So studying on campus in between classes, I used to go home. So I'd take a class and I'd ride my bike home for what? For like an hour and then come back to campus just to avoid having to have (laughs) interaction with people. Um, It was so crazy. And, and then I started saying like, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to go to the cafe, like the campus cafe, going to grab a coffee and I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to read this book on campus. I'm going to ride my bike to the Arboretum. We have this beautiful Arboretum, girl, and I can't tell you how long it took me to enjoy that space. Mm. So little things like that and, and dating. Dating was such a huge, huge thing for me because my parents were strict. I wasn't allowed to date. I, I started dating my senior year and I had to take my little brother with me on dates or else I couldn't go. Okay. <laughs> Ridiculous. But when I went to college, I was like, ah, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and I just started dating. Um, girl, it was strict. Yeah. Well, cause I'm telling you, well, we grew up in a Pentecostal church, right? Well, I mean, back up. So from the, from when I was a, a kid until 10, we didn't practice any religion at all. My parents were young parents. So our religion was parties and drinking. That's, that's all I saw when I was growing up um, but then from 10 to 18. It was a hundred. It was a complete three, like 180 turn. Cause then it was no party, yeah. no drinking. And then all God all the time. We used to go to church three, four times a week. Um, I was, uh, I participated in the choir at the Baptist church. I led youth uh, Bible study groups with my best friend, very involved. Um, so dating wasn't something that was appropriate or allowed until I turned, mm-hmm. you know, 17 and I was like, Hey, well, I'm moving away. I'm going to college. And even then I had to take my brother with me. So that gives you an idea of how strict my dad was. <laughs> so, and, and in a way, I know that the running joke for them is like, oh, you went away to college to run away from us. And in a way, yeah, I think mm-hmm. in a way I knew that I wasn't me. I knew that if I stayed, I was never going to have the opportunity to really find myself. And yeah. I played such a... Um, I played such a, a healing role for my parents. And I see that now in retrospect, mm-hmm. I see that, that I, they, they, it was like, I, I was a parent role for them. So mm-hmm. we had this really unhealthy, like enmeshment. So I, I felt yeah. I needed to get away from that. I didn't even, I didn't understand it, but now in retrospect, I do. I think it was the best thing I could have ever done for myself is, is really yeah. and find that. And that's the first thing I went out and I did is I started dating. I immediately started <laughs> dating. Like I, I remember that every single, <laughs> I started dating this and I probably digress here, but I started dating this guy who I met at an orientation group that we went to and he lived in Sierra. Mm-hmm. So we started dating and it was the sweetest thing ever. And I was head over heels for him. And then I get, we dated all summer. I get to college and he has like, chocolates already in my dorm waiting for me oh yeah I was just like oh my gosh this is gonna be like that co- college love and oh my gosh <laughs> and then, and then when I really got a taste of like freedom I was like oh no boy I don't want to date like this is- <laughs> you're like bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's um, so funny. Because I was just coming out of like not being able to do anything for me. Everything yeah. for my parents and, and what they wanted. So yeah um, that's that's awesome it, i mean that definitely took a lot of courage you know for you to to leave one your house at a young age and for you to even have that insight right um to to notice like if i stay here i'm just gonna drown you know you know so that that took a lot of courage so you know kudos to you for doing that you know and going back to doing the things um you know to get you to gaining your voice to getting you to step into your power it sounds like a lot of what you did was do it anyway like despite being scared despite being freaking uncomfortable like you just did it because like what you know I, i i tell people this all the time it's like you know i i not not that i don't like to you know listen to people um you know problems but it's like eventually like if you complain 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 about the same thing and you're not doing anything to change it you know then why why are you complaining you know like i think a lot of people they're unhappy but you don't have to stay there yeah like you could do things you know to get yourself out of the situation and even if it's baby steps you know like you were mentioning like just baby steps of you know, waving hi, you know, to somebody, smiling at someone, you know, going to the cop, you know, coffee shop by yourself to study, you know, like those are little things. I mean, I know for some people, those could be really big things, but start with the little, the little things that aren't so big for you, you know, and if you want big changes, you got to make big moves, like you got to change big things, you know, but I think, a lot of people when they're expecting change in the beginning yeah it's very overwhelming because you don't know where to start because like you said like that's all you knew you know it's crazy because you went you know from zero to ten to one extreme to the to the other extreme you know and and you knew at that time how you know who knows god your intuition um that you weren't happy and you were brave enough to follow that you went to college and then look, now you're this amazing, powerful, bold, badass woman, you know, that is doing so many amazing things, not just for yourself, for your community, you know, and, and you have an amazing partner. Let's talk <laughs> about that amazing love that you have right now with your boo because oh, girl, I see it, even though, you know, I've seen you too a couple of times in person, but I see you on social media and I'm like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah. Um. I think in it, it's it's all been it's all been like this molding and shaping of me, right? So mm-hmm. I had to go through a lot of heartbreak to get to the point where I can be in a healthy relationship. And and Luis, my boyfriend, he had just he was just the timing just couldn't have been any mm-hmm. more perfect. And it's not because I was a hundred percent ready. It was not because he was 100% ready. It was because we were both at the exact same place of choosing to heal for something healthy or to continue on the journey of like toxic patterns, toxic behaviors. And we were both at that point where we're just like, no, enough is enough. And I'm ready for something 
for the rest of my life. And I'm ready to work on that with you. And I don't think that I, I've ever been in a relationship where that was reciprocated. Yeah. So yeah. Thank, thankfully it's, but it's been hard girl. It's been so hard and we're not even at our one year mark and we've been tested, especially during quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, matter, like we've had to ask ourselves each other, the really, really hard questions really early yeah. on, right? And he has two daughters. So also, you know, navigating that, you know, seeing myself yeah. as, as a, a parent figure for, for the girls, maybe not their parent per se, but a parental figure someday yeah. for them that has completely changed my, my mentality. And man, it's, it's just the whole whirlwind of, of learning and healing there. And I've definitely had to step into my power there as well and learn that power isn't always in your face, right? Power yeah. also has to do with, with empathy and softness and kindness also. So bold can, can also mean that. Yes. Yeah. And, and I definitely... You know, I know in one of your recent posts, you talk about like what you've learned in your relationship and you talked a lot about like transparency and vulnerability, I think is, is what you said. And I resonated so much, you know, with that post because I know, you know, David and I have been together for two, two and a half years now and it hasn't been easy, right? Even though like you know, we, we love each other and, you know, just like you, like we chose, we both made the decision, right. That we were going to do the work that it took to get to a healthy relationship, because I don't think either of us had ever had a healthy relationship. Um, you know, and it, it is, it's a lot of work. People look at, at, at the post, you know, the cute posts on social media, the cute pictures, and they're like, Oh, I want that. But it's like, it's not just always like that, right? Like it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of work, you know, and even uh, I'm not ashamed to say David and I have been, you know, to couples counseling and it does take that rawness, that transparency, you know, and for you to be with somebody who wants what you want and is willing to put in the work, yeah. As much as you are putting it, like you can't be working more than your partner. Like it's never going to work. Yeah. He says, um, I used to say it has to be 50, 50. And mm -mm. like, no, it's a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred girl. Like, yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that, uh, when I was taking a, a transformational course landmark, uh, you know, and, and I talked about this in a podcast that I did here a couple of weeks ago, because my whole marriage, right, I was previously married my whole marriage, I blamed my ex for not making me happy as if it was his responsibility to make me happy. But that was my mindset, right? That's how I grew up. And I thought, and I always thought, well, yeah, it's 50 50 or it's, you know, it's, it's your fault for not doing this. It's your fault. And it's just like, nope, you're a hundred percent responsible for your actions. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and when, once we take that responsibility, we show up differently. Yeah. Not okay. just in a relationship, but like to the world, we show up differently. And it just, it, a relationship 
not only makes you look inward, right? Mm -hmm. It also really puts to test all of the things that you do with other people, especially working in like mental health. I, and, and having a podcast and being in the community of empowerment, I really was tested to, okay, why are you treating your man differently than you treat the women who you're yeah. with? Why can't you apply the same sympathy, empathy, patience, understanding to this relationship? And yeah. it really was this point where I was like, I can't be building relationships in my community and then not carrying that over into my romantic relationship with mm -hmm. this man. And it, yeah. and girl, I, when I tell you that I would literally would sit there and I would say, okay, why am I, why am I showing up a hundred percent on this end and, and then getting upset at him because he's not showing up or because he's not doing X, Y, and Z, but I didn't do that. Right. Yeah. And that a hundred percent, a hundred percent changed my perspective. It really yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And relationships are relationships. Like it doesn't matter whether they're friendships, whether it's romantic partners, whether it's business relationships. I love, and I, and I think this is why I gravitate with the women that I gravitate to because um, they're authentic, like they're empowering, like they're authentically empowering. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean that like in every aspect of their life, not just like you said, not just with women empowerment. Right. Not just in mental health. Like when, when we talk about empowerment and I've seen this so, so much in, in our, in our, um, especially in LA, um, you know, you see people talk about empowerment but it's only like one-sided or it's only like with one, with one area. And it's like, mm, yeah, that's not really empowerment. That's not really like authenticity. That's not really, you know, like you living in your truth, you know, and it has to be like that all around. Like, yeah, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not saying like I have all my, my shit together. I don't have any problems. Um, but, I show up the same with you. I show up the same way with my best friend. I show up the same way with my kids. I show up the same way with my, with my partner. I show up the same way at work, you know? And, and that's, that's what a hundred percent accountability does in your life. Yeah. That's exactly what it's been. And even so this relationship started and that's what I, the lesson that I've been learning too. It's like, you have to, balance and you have to show up for for all aspects of your life every aspect that you've chosen to be present and 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 have a hand in that you need to show up in so what I was doing was that I was I was go 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 for the podcast right because I had just started it and I was loving it and it was great and then go 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 for the jewelry because I had just started that so <laughs> and then I was in grad school and that was kicking my butt. And I'm also healing emotionally, right? Just consistently. Mm -hmm. healing. And, and then I started a relationship. And it wasn't fair. I started realizing that I was showing up to him like a robot. So I was, I was putting him into my agenda. I was putting him into my schedule. And then I would show up because it was an appointment. 
And then I would sit there, but I'd be thinking about all these other things I have to get mm. to talk to. And, and, and I would catch my, my mood and, and me not being present with him. It was affecting our connection. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that. I had to be accountable. I had to yeah. be self-aware because he was, he, yeah. he was telling me like, Hey, I feel X, Y, and Z. I feel this, I feel this. And I kept feeling like, why I'm here. I'm here. Aren't I like, <laughs> but what? were you really there? <laughs> and, and then I really had to be honest, like, okay, but am I really here? I'm not being mm-hmm. present and I can't, I need to slow down. And I remember we had a conversation where he was like, you need to stop something. And I went, Excuse me. <laughs> stop, stop school. Stop work. Stop my two passions that I love doing. Stop seeing my family, or should I stop you? And he's just like, whoa, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, you're not even here when you're here. And I was just, I was fuming. And now, and I remember, I get into my car and I'm driving, and I'm like, fuck. He's right. He's right. <laughs> I just didn't want to hear. Yeah, tell me like, or tell I'm gonna tell you, and it's my pride has been another project in this relationship. Yeah, coming from having been hurt so often and so consistently, Mm -hmm. having to really be show up and 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 be responsible for bringing down my own walls that I myself built. Right? Yeah, it wasn't his job to to knock down my walls, and and I had to do that I had to do that with him and and he's been so amazing by showing up with me like hey I'm doing the same for myself and for you right like we're both doing the same work we just need to mm-hmm. figure this out communication has been the hardest thing for yeah. us yeah that's been the hardest so we're still learning we're yeah it's a work in progress girl but I see him you know and I I don't know him that well but you know from what I have seen you know he's super supportive he's been at the events that you've had he's there like what do you need you know and I'm sure when he was telling you that it was from a place of love because he you know he he you know if you two are in a relationship you guys share the same energy and he feels your energy when you're there when you're not there you know so as a partner it's his job <laughs> to tell you, hey babe, yeah, this is what I'm noticing. Even though sometimes you don't want to hear it because <laughs> I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> I reel it back in. You look, yeah. Come back. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm very. Yeah. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Girl, I yeah. Know, but yeah, that's so amazing. Good. I love that. Well, love yeah, well, relationships like yours too because they help me. They because I see how you are. I see your personality and you're go, go, go. Like you're, and you're creative and you're a hustler and you're pushing and you're connecting. And I'm like, and she's got this beautiful relationship. So you and, and your vulnerability and, and your transparency has been very, very instrumental to me. Like maybe, I don't know if you hear that. I'm sure Aww. you do, but it's a huge thing. And, and that's when I see that, that teaches me to also do that so that whoever is looking, whoever is, mm-hmm. is looking for, for, I learned this word from another podcast called to be magnetic, but it's like looking for expanders, people to expand your reality. Like maybe you've never had a healthy relationship, so you don't know what yeah. it feels like. So you need to find yeah. what it does 
and use that. Like, okay, that I love it. I need that's going to be my expander and they're going to hold space for my manifestation of a healthy relationship and you and your transparency has definitely served as part of that for me. So thank you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot, girl. Sometimes when I post these polls, it's like, you know, it's because David and I are going through something or, you know, when I post, I po- I do post like a lot of um, transparent, authentic in the moment posts because you know, I think like my last vulnerable, like authentic post was, you know, the, when I got my job and it's just like, like, you know, driving home from work and crying and just like remembering, like, you know, like you said, I didn't have expanders. I never had like somebody who, who even had like the, the, I couldn't imagine the life that I am living right now because I was so like broken. I was so just, I had so much like trauma that I had to, that I had to heal, you know? So just like healing through that and like slowly being able to, to envision, you know, and manifest my future. It was amazing. And then like living it, I was like, holy shit. Like I remember six years ago, like, you know, like when I started grad school and I was like, I want to be a social worker you know I want to be an MSW and then like you know I want to be you know I want to have a job where I you know when I'm helping people and I'm you know diagnosing people to helping them heal and it's just like now I'm in the role and it's like ah like dang I remember like envisioning it and it just feels so amazing but all the things that I had to go through and I you know like because social media does glamorize a lot of it you know and I want people to to when they see me, they know like that I what I wasn't born, you know, with a silver spoon. I like I had to go through a lot of shit to get to where I'm at. And I don't want to lie and be like, oh, I had this happy, perfect life. I do maybe right now, sometimes, <laughs> not perfect, but it you know, it's because I did a lot of work a lot of work to get here, you know, and that's what, why I love having, you know, you women like you on the podcast, because you teach other women. And, and I love that. I'm going to start using your expanders. <laughs> I love that word girl. Use it. Because yeah. That's, that's really what I, I, that was some, one of the things that I did. So like, after I got out of college and all of that, I, and then I started looking for jobs and I, I actually was pre-law. I, ma- I majored in English and Chicano studies and I was like, I'm going to nice. be an attorney and I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to be this and that. I worked for a couple of law firms. I did immigration law. I did personal injury and two personal injury attorneys and every single one I was miserable. And then I quit my job one day. I had like this anxiety attack meltdown this guy on the phone threatened to come to the office and shoot me. And I had this, yeah, I had a meltdown and I was like, I don't even like this field enough to be treated like this. Like, no. And you know what? I'm dead. <laughs> and, um, so what I ended up doing was I quit that job. And I remember my boss told me, he's like, you're quitting. And I go, yeah, I'm just, I'm not happy. And he's like, good. I'm proud of you. And I was like, oh, not a lot of bosses are like that. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And he's like, 
you keep doing that. He's like, you're an excellent employee. You're an excellent individual and you'll do well anywhere you go. But just promise me that you will not waste your, your youth right now, your twenties, pledging your loyalty to any one company. It's like, you need to date companies and date jobs. Jump around. As soon as mm. you're not happy, leave because you're not begging. You're not in a position to beg for jobs. Jobs should want you there because you have everything that someone would want. And I yeah. was like, okay. He's like, so jump, jump around, date around. He's like, I'm sorry to yeah. lose, but date around. And that stuck with me. And it was like, that's good advice. Moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So that one, uh, date your jobs. Don't, don't pledge your loyalty too quick. And then expanders have been these huge, like, sh- like shifts for my perspective and the way that I see life. And expanders has done that where I'm just like, okay, so I didn't have an example of a good, healthy marriage. Okay. I didn't Mm -hmm. have an example of, you know, how to be a strong, independent woman. No one taught me that. No one taught me, okay. So then I need to find someone who can fill Mm -hmm. that and hold that space for me so that I know that it is possible. Because when you don't have these things as examples, when you've never seen someone healthy behavior for you it's hard for you to do it yourself so you need someone to hold that space for you and they expand that space of reality that this does exist until you're ready to step into Mm -hmm. it right so that has completely changed the way that i see myself and see others so when when i connect i really do see like you know not what can you do for me but what can what do i see in you that inspires me to want to be that also. And, you know, how can I do that for others too? You know, how am I turning around and, and doing the same? Because I would like to think that I'm, I'm an expander for somebody out there who sees. You definitely are. And that's, that's what this is about, right? That's what Mm -hmm. the podcast was about. I started my podcast with that in mind. I remember asking myself, like, why? Like, why do you want to start this podcast? I had no idea. I just knew I did. And I asked myself, when, when I was healing, what did I want? And I was like, I just wanted to feel secure. I wanted security. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel safe and I wanted to feel heard. And I didn't have that. And then I was just like, secure. I want to be secure. And then um, I was like, secure. There's something missing. And I was like, because secure, where I've been taught to like security is something that makes you needy, right? If you want security, mm-hmm. then you're needy. And I was like, and no, for I've learned that feeling secure is actually empowering. And I go, yeah. what is a symbol of power? And I thought immediately this X, the letter X mm-hmm. and Latin X, Malcolm X, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I started looking it up. I was like, what? what is the meaning in the sim- symbolism with the X, even when they do like um, in uh, Christmas and stuff like that, I was like, what is the symbolism? And all this came up about like what X really stands for and how it's numerical value and it's letter value and all of it tied to being a symbol of power, a symbol of mm. being um, not being able to ignore, not being able to, to miss it. Like you see an X somewhere, it means danger, it means stop, it means <laughs> it means something important. <laughs> yeah, you need to look. Like, what is this X? If you drive by an exit says X on it, you're like, oh shit, is this closed? Like, 
<laughs> it makes and I remember thinking like, that's exactly what I want this to be. I want it to be a safe space, but I also want it to be a space where people know that this is not, this is not, so this is not to be quiet. This is not to be meek. This is not to be coy. Yes, it's a safe space. Yes, we're healing. But damn it, we're not here to do it quietly. And we're yeah. not here to do it in the shadows, you know? And and that's what it was it, that I had my expanders at that time were podcasters and people in the community. And and that's how that, uh, that's how Secure Podcast grew. And holding on to that, always thinking like, what does this mean to me? What does this feel? And it's always been just be true to me. Like I've never stuck to a schedule. I've never stuck to like a list. I don't ask people questions. The only way that I prepare is that I look into them and who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. And then I let the intentions be guided by whatever the energy is. And until now that has not let me down. I've enjoyed every single one. And even being yeah. to like resting also, like being okay with not recording and not putting anything out because that's just what I feel right now. So, yeah. you know, staying true and aligned with, with me, with what I feel. Yeah, that, that's amazing because uh, you, I mean, I, I think I met you through a mutual friend someone was at your event they posted we connected and I knew like immediately I'm like secure podcast like I'm like oh who is this girl I want to know who this girl is I want to know more about about her so definitely that was it looked beautiful by the way that you know your your first event I wasn't um, there Uh, but I definitely saw lots of pictures and I know like your first event was a success um, you know, and, and I know whew, from someone who does events, I know like, like it takes a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of planning, a lot of commitment, um, you know, to, to do an event and for the podcast too, you know, it could be rough. Um, but I love that you just honor putting what you put out there. And if you need to rest, you rest, you know, there's no like timeline that you feel pressured, you know, you have to put out. Um, you know, so I definitely love that about you. Before we finish, I do want to go a little bit into, you know, you talked about the podcast and how it started and why it started, you know, and, and what you wanted to feel. What were some of the things that you needed healing from? Like, what has been one of the, your most difficult obstacles that you've had to overcome? Oh, man. So, Right before the podcast, I actually um, had experienced a miscarriage. So I was in a relationship for about three years with um, this this individual who we ended up growing into a really toxic relationship where he was cheating on me multiple times. Um, later on, I found out how many times he cheated on me and um, with some women and it that took a toll um and i i got pregnant in the relationship i think we broke up in march and i was pregnant in november we broke up in may and i was pregnant in january so and then i miscarried in march so three months and then throughout that miscarriage he was not there he we it was like this huge disconnect and 
I was grieving by myself um, and I was, you know, abusing substances and I was getting drunk and I was because I didn't, I couldn't get this out and my family, you know, didn't know how to be there for me. And I wasn't really reaching out to the, the appropriate places. So I was in a really mm. dark, dark place. I gained a lot of weight from that. So I was healing from, from this toxic relationship, from betrayal, from losing a baby. I'd never been pregnant. And mm. then I'm pregnant and I lose the baby. So grieving this like idea of motherhood that I was yeah. just starting to accept. And I was healing being abandoned throughout all of it. So yeah. you know, it was, and I talk about this on my podcast a little bit, um, but I remember when I, when, if we finally broke up, it was just a feeling I had and I called him cause he wasn't home yet, but I knew cause you don't, you don't stay out that late unless you're up to no good. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, are we done? And he was like, yes. And I said, okay. So I remember I just started packing up and I, we, we lived in a two bedroom house. I remember I just took my stuff and I went to my parents' house and asked them again. He said, yeah, we're done. I was like, okay. And I just left everything. I left my furniture. I left everything. He finished off the wow. leaf on his own. And I just took my cat and my clothes and my shoes because if you know me, you know me. <laughs> you gotta be cute, girl. You gotta be cute. <laughs> my wardrobe needs to travel with me. Um, I took that, but like everything else, I left it because I didn't want anything to do with it. I kind of, I knew, I knew that I had to start new, and I knew that I didn't want anything that he had tainted in my mind, in my memory. I didn't want any of it. Like, well. Uh-huh. So, and mind you, I, all of this furniture I had, I had collected from when I was 17 until when I was 26, 27 with him. Yeah. So I just gave it up and I started from scratch. I moved in with my parents and I slept on their couch for months, depressed. And then I bought myself a twin bed and I made a little corner in their dining room because they didn't have space for me. And from mm-hmm. that dining room, I started grad school from that dining room I started my podcast from that dining room I put together my first event without a room without anything with just a bed in the corner of my parents dining room healing myself and challenging myself to just be in my truth I love it I love it on so many levels girl I could feel the passion through the phone because it is during these darkest moments that we feel like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get out of it, that we birth the most beautiful, beautiful things, yeah. you know, because look, I mean, look at you now, like you have your masters, you have, you just, you have so much now, you know, and it's like, you, you don't, you know, when people look at your successes, that's why I love, love, love people being so vulnerable, you know, and honest about like, you could be in your darkest moments, just go through it. And I promise when you come up, 
through it. You have to go through it. Yeah. Something beautiful will come out of it. Maybe, you know, not a huge project, but healing, like just so much beauty comes out of healing. And I love, uh, you know, you being so transparent, you know, with the audience, you know, I'm sharing that, that, you know, it's embarrassing, you know, like you, you, here you are grown, you left your mom's, you, you know, your parents' house, you go, you get your own place. And now you have to go back to your mom's house. I mean, I did that, you know, here I am with four kids moving into, you know, my sister's house, a one bedroom apartment, you know, that was very shameful for me, you know, it was embarrassing, you know, I didn't have any money now you know it, I love it I love hearing stories like these because like you said you could be that inspiration for others and show them like even through my darkest moments I rose even through my darkest moments like I learned my power you know I gained my power I gained my voice you know and now look at you yeah. you manifested this amazing life and I'm sure this is just the beginning Oh, you know, yeah. of, of so many more projects, so many more events, so many more things that are going to come uh, from Jacqueline Martinez. What else can we expect? What do you have wor- in the works? What are you working on? Well, right now, I, I really am just trying to figure out how all of this goes together. Because I, I have my nine to five, right? I work with children diagnosed with autism finishing well finishing my master's and that still is not done I still have to sit for the exam I still have to get board certified and to become a BCBA so that's in my plans Um, I want to continue my podcast but I feel like the podcast is taking a different direction right now so I'm really sitting on that on how that's going to to change and events i recently just did the first secure gap fest which is kind of like a ted talk where i bring on different people from the community to represent um, people of color and talk about our experience on what is going on in the world and really make that platform for people of color for our community and what our perspectives are like within our culture and our experience here um so i want to continue to do that um I'm continuing to grow uh, my SEO, my jewelry line as well. So it's really just taking everything up the next level. I've pivoted um, during this quarantine. So learning how to, how to like kind of continue to build without being able to go to pop-up shops and stuff like that. Yeah. But for now, I think that I just want to continue to put on these events. I want to continue to um, bring people together and have these difficult conversations because like you said when we're in the darkest that's when we know that there's something better this is there's something in my in our field when we talk about when we go into homes and we're telling the parents hey this is going to be a really difficult journey to get your child to change Mm -hmm. his, his or her behaviors so one of the the golden rules that i tell parents is like just know that it's difficult and it will be difficult. And if it's difficult, you know we're doing it right. If things get easy, somewhere along the line, someone's not doing their job. Someone is not yeah. challenging your child because they're coasting. This is not a journey yeah. of coasting. So I carry that over to what I do, everything. If mm-hmm. it's easy, 
then I'm not pushing enough. Um, and I don't mean easy as in, oh, if I'm not, if I'm happy, no. I'm saying if I feel too comfortable, especially for me now, I know, okay, that means that I've done this level. And yep. challenging yourself shows you there's something better. There's growth coming. So if you don't mm-hmm. have challenges, then you don't have growth. So they both go hand in hand. Changing behavior requires you to be uncomfortable. So right now I'm in the in the uncomfortable stage of <laughs> myself. Like where do I, how does all of this come together in my life? Being in this field with um, applied behavior analysis, selling jewelry and having a podcast. How does all of this, you know, come together, yeah. come together. And that's what I'm figuring out right now. So that answer, hopefully I can ha- answer that in the future a little better. But as of now, to be continued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Yes, I'll take that answer because we're all a work in progress. You know, we're all at different stages um, in our life. But I definitely do agree with you that, you know, if, if it's too easy, then you're not being challenged. And when you are being challenged and you want to quit, trust me, don't because it will be so worth it. What's on the other side of it is going to be so much better than what you could have even imagined yourself. Um, so what are some final words you want to leave with the audience before we tune out? I would say that that was my piece also. And then um, something I recently shared with uh, another, another friend of mine was this, this idea of always wanting to like push and push and push when we're in situations that are hurting us, right? Situations that are mm-hmm. not helping us grow, learning to discern the difference and learning to let go of situations. So if you find yourself in a situation where you really don't feel happy, you don't feel fed, you're not growing, these challenges that are presenting are just hurting you. I think that understanding that sometimes our lessons lie in letting go of situations rather than seeing them through because we're taught that we have to finish things, you know, whether it be a, a job, a relationship, an, an experience, but also understanding like sometimes it's the letting go that's the lesson for us and not yeah. what it actually turns into. So that's something that recently I've been talking about. So I'm going to, you know, drop it in here for whoever needs to hear that. But mm-hmm. yes, we need challenges, but also we need to learn how to let go when we need to let go, right? Yeah. Girl, that's that's a whole nother podcast right there. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much, Jackie, for all your uh, golden nuggets, for all your transparency and authenticity, and for everything that you do for the community. I see you, girl. Keep doing your thing. Thank you, Anel. Thank you so much for today. No problem at all. And for all of you listening, Continue being your own definition of bold. Until next time.